Welcome to the Everyday Vacation Podcast. My name is MJ Gordon, minimalist entrepreneur and lifestyle coach, and I'll be sharing with you resources, people, and messages to help you create more balance and energy so you can live life on your terms. Thank you for being here with me today. Let's get the vacation vibes rolling. Welcome, fam bam. Today's special guest is Naomi Anand, yoga teacher, author, and director of East London's Yoga on the Lane. She teaches compassion-based vinyasa with a restorative theme. Naomi believes yoga to be a transformational practice on and off the mat, something that gets you back in touch with healing and self-love. I absolutely love the gentle approach and self-care she teaches in her recent book, Yoga for Motherhood, something I frequently referenced during my recent pregnancy. And today she's here sharing with us how this philosophy led to her recovery from chronic fatigue and burnout. Naomi, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me, MJ. I'm really delighted to be invited. Thank you. This is such a pleasure. I, um, you know, I was really very pleased when I looked into your book, I received it for the first time. It wasn't what I was expecting, um, having a bit of yoga background myself and really wanting to help women empower themselves through health and energy. It just fits so perfectly. Um, you know, I'm curious a little bit more about your background and what led you on your path to creating this book. Yeah. So, I was, I've been teaching yoga for 20 years. Prior to that, I was a, a dancer. And my approach to practice, I suppose, was I initially came at it through this very kind of discipline lens. Um, and over the years of, of just, you know, the way that life happens and things kind of um, come to us that are unexpected. For, for me, I had some dealings with autoimmune issues um mm. and I just had to really shift how I was approaching my practice and found there to be tremendous benefits from that and from that really wanted to share more through writing um yeah it's been a, it's been a really nice challenge to put a practice that I talk about so much onto the page and to have something kind of living on the page that feels like yoga to me so I'm really happy to be sharing it I love it. So one of the things that I noticed in your book was um, the the approach, the lens was a little bit different than what we might experience or think up of when we think of yoga, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, the book that I received was, I think it was the Essential Guide or um, the Guide, Nurturing Guide, was it, to Yoga for Mothers. So, yeah, this is and, um, Motherhood, yeah. Yes. And I was, I loved it because there was a lot of, um, not what you would expect. I mean, it was really hard to put into words, but maybe, maybe you could put it into words for us so that, you know, people can get kind of an idea of yeah. what the, the energy and the intent is. So I have a book in front of me. I don't know if this is going to be visible for many people, but I'll describe it as I hold it. It has, um, open binding. So it has this exposed spine which is a, a term in publishing for a book that can lie flat so you open it up and on each page you can lie it flat and the flow of the book is quite different to I guess regular instruction manuals um, in that it I didn't really want it to have chapters I wanted there to be it to be interspersed with letters and it to feel 
kind of like a love letter to mothers. So you, when you pick it up, you feel the warmth and the connection that you feel when like a, you know, a good friend is telling you you're, you're doing okay. And you're, you know, it's enough that you're showing up for your kids and you're doing your best. And I wanted to kind of put that across in a book. So it doesn't get too, I suppose, dense. The, the dense sort of practice notes are broken up with smaller, like little rituals and other, yeah, other little kind of practice tips throughout. Um, and it's really beautifully illustrated by my very clever friend, um, Kate Winter. And she, yeah, I think she's really kind of brought so much warmth through her watercolors in the book as well, which is great. Yeah. So it's, it was interesting because, you know, as I went through it, I got that exact experience you were saying. I was flipping through the pages and I'd read a title or I'd see this letter and I'm like, wow, I really needed to hear that today. And so it wasn't, it wasn't really, it is yoga, but it isn't really what I would think of as yoga in that oh, there's this practice and there are these poses. Yes, there's, there are practices and poses there, but what I really felt like was, was bringing yoga to everyday life, to experiences, challenges, and even um, a lot of self-care that we might need to, you know, take for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I just really wanted to kind of dispel this myth of, um, you know, this idea of a perfect practice and this idea of a perfect environment. And I think prior to having children, you know, lots of, lots of us come to yoga and really fall in love with the solitude and the sort of, you know, the quiet and the all that time to reflect. And then you have children, you're in this kind of what feels like quite chaotic and noisy and very full. So how to invite some of that, some of those things you learn through your practice into the kind of chaos and how can the chaos, I suppose, inform and be a beautiful, like other texture to your yoga practice rather than seeing it as something that you have to push away. So there's there's little sequences that you can do with your children. Um, there's things that you can do if you um, you can you do with a, a newborn baby. There's yeah, there's like lots of breath notes and meditations as well. So just the little things that you can do frequently. And that's perfect because I think you know a lot of us when we enter into motherhood, be it new moms or you know, like me, I'm a second wind mom, <laughs> set of older kids and a, and a baby. It, it's easy to say, I'll get to that later when yeah. I have time, when life gives me space and it just doesn't really ever come around. And so we look at yoga as this practice or even self-care in general as something that I can do when I have extra time but really it's almost a supplement to helping us create that extra space and time for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really empowering as well because it doesn't, it doesn't cost anything. It's really, it's, mm. you know, once you, once you have these tools, you can share them with the people that you love and you can, you can implement them into your daily life. Um, I'm not a very good flyer I don't really like flying um and recently I was on a trip and you know it's on the trip with the kids there was a lot of stuff going on and I was just so grateful for having this practice where I could actually get into a zone 
and where I could be with them. I was very much with them and with their experience, but I was totally with my breath at the same time. I was able to, to be both. Mm-hmm. And, and to really like regulate my nervous system. And, and, you know, even though I did feel as, you know, I'm a human being and if you have a thing that you're scared of, you know, I was scared, but I was able to, to be fully in the experience and, um, and to keep my kind of heart rate at a steady pace, uh, which, you know, feels like a, a real gift to me. Yeah. Yeah. So talk, talk to me a little bit more about that, you know, um, it might not be, I mean, we do have things we get anxious about. Um, I know for myself, a lot of times there are a lot of things that need to get done. And I, I start to feel kind of overwhelmed in the anticipation of it's like holding your breath through the, through the adventurous part of the movie. And, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to being able to relax a little bit back in my seat. Um, how would one, if especially someone who may not be familiar with yoga, or who's the only dabbled in it? I mean, how do they bring this this awareness and this practice into their normal life amidst the chaos, amidst the stress? So I would say rather than recoiling, and it's actually to kind of lean in and to feel and really open up to all your senses. So to notice the taste in your mouth, to notice the feel of like, you know, is it the texture in your mouth? Is it dry? Is it moist? Um, how do your lips feel and just really work through the senses think about your feet touching the ground um the weight of the body I think that really helps me I'm quite a a little person and I kind of I'm very um my nature I vibrate quickly um and I'm a real doer (laughs) like I get stuff done um and I have to put these practices I have to implement these practices to keep myself grounded and one of the things that I think about is actually feeling into the weight of my body and really feeling into Mm. you know like rather than trying to stand up straight and put my chin up and like feel light and you know actually the opposite like sink into the ground so yeah to use to use your senses rub your hands together put your hands on your chest um those when you're when your senses are kind of fully awake it's hard to be anywhere other than the present. Yeah, that's so good. And I see how that translates from yoga. You know, if you've ever been to a yoga class, when you stand in mountain pose at the beginning of every class, most classes, yeah. um, you're trying to feel that weight into your feet, right? That's and right. you're trying to find your center before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you end the class and, and you are kind of surrendering to uh, the ground that's holding your body. And, um, it's, it is interesting because I think that, um, a lot of us want to just kind of think mind over matter. And I think that there's a lot of, a lot of power in that, but when your mind is so preoccupied with other matters, it can be very difficult to take the mind over that matter and, and bringing that physical practice. I mean, I'd love for you to, you know, tell me a little bit more, you know, with, with, with how you approach this book, you know, what is, what is the definition of yoga to you? Like what is yoga meant to be for an individual person or mother mm. or woman? I, I think, I think it's like true essence. Yoga is connection and it's this, the celebration of that connection through the body, but also, you know, through the awareness of 
that I am in my body and you're in your body and we're in a relationship now as we have this conversation. And at the end of my yoga sessions, you know, something I say a lot is, is you drop into the body, you know, just really sense that you are this like tiny little drop in a vast ocean of awareness, that you are just one little piece of this incredible body of water. And I think that might feel frightening to some because it's like, you know, it's like the kind of quietening of, of the ego self. But actually, there's something really beautiful about lying in a room with people that you don't know that aren't your friends, you know, you have these very neutral relationships with and you're able to rest and feel safe, safe mm. resting in your body, knowing that they are too and that we're kind of held together. And for me, like that's the essence of it really in a kind of nutshell. Um, and yeah, it was so interesting what you said, MJ, about this mind over matter. I find that so familiar to me because when I was a ballet dancer, that was absolutely the, the <laughs> kind of mantra. As you know, I I ended my career as dancing on a fractured foot for six months before mm. I knew about it. You know, it's, I was twenty one, so I was you know I was young. It was fine, but still, once I knew that there was, once it had been diagnosed, when I knew that this should hurt, I was like, wow, I've been mind over matter. <laughs> for dancing on a mm. foot for over six months that's really frightening so I've yeah. kind of gone from one extreme to the other I guess now I've kind of I've completely desensitized myself in those days um so that I could perform this you know beautiful art which I absolutely love still love um and and now absolutely I'm going inwards and I'm fine-tuning my senses so that I can um, do very li little but feel so much <laughs> so, I so. love that yeah that yeah. makes a lot of sense um, I really like that connection a lot because I think that whether or not you're uh, you know an avid athlete or dancer or whatever you know I think that so many of us go into every single day ignoring our senses mm -hmm in order to get what we need to get done, done, you know, take care of the kids, clean up the house. A lot of us have, you know, side hobbies, interests, businesses. Mm. Um, and we live in such a fast paced world, mm. um, that so many of us, you know, we get to this place where we burn out. Yeah. And I know for a lot of my followers and a lot of the students that, you know, are in my courses, um, they're not living unhealthy lives. That's, that's, what's crazy about it. It's like, you know, it makes sense if you're, staying up late, you know, drinking and eating poorly. But when you're trying to mm. actually have a balanced life, but still can't find that balance again, um, then it's, and I know from my experience to echo what you say, um, it took a while to begin to hear my body again. Yeah. And I really hear that in your work and I, and I, and I want to, you know, really acknowledge your, um, all your beautiful students and followers that, you know, that I really, I really understand that crash. I, you know, I, about six years into teaching um, full time, I, I brought my kind of ballet ethos into my yoga teaching, I guess. And, and I was just full pelt, you know, I was teaching in a heated environment and I was 
just doing a lot. I was doing so much. Um, and I crashed. And then not only did I crash, I then uh, developed type 1 diabetes. And, you know, so I now I live with type 1 diabetes and also um, extreme hypothyroidism. So I don't produce any thyroxine at all. Mm. So I manage these things. But what, what I would say is, it's been an amazing journey in how I approach my practice because I had this period of chronic fatigue after all these diagnoses where I couldn't get out of bed for about three months. I was really fatigued with it all. Um, but one of the things that really came to me was this, this in, to really trust in the subtle and to just start building myself up right from the core of myself outwards again and to really tune into my breath. And my breath was really... Remember at the time, it was really an effort, you know, when you're that tired. I think we know all about this, but, you know, it takes a while to, like, trust that you're going to expand again. Um, So I would just say for anyone who's, like, in the kind of depths of feeling that, you know, the tiredness is that you will. You just really trust that that's almost like a period of hibernation, that your body will then start to expand up and out and from again. And I think yoga can really help you do that. Meditation can really help you do that if you approach it in this way, <laughs> which is just yeah. full of kindness, basically. It's not about putting yourself into big, big back bends in a hot, stinking room and being, you know, like really <laughs> physically pulled into positions. It's possibly doing much, much less with a different attitude. It's so good. I, uh, you know, I have four different thoughts that come up when we discuss that. And now the question is which to <laughs> to go after. But, uh, you know, the first thought was really that there's nothing wrong with pursuing, you know, hot yoga or a, a career or any of those things. Um, but then the second thought is where does one find that balance? You know, once you crashed, where did you find so I want, I want, I'm interested in your thoughts on that. And also why, if you're willing to share either why you think you or others um, feel this need to just continue to go, go and go and go until, you know, until we hit a wall, you know, what is the driving factor? Cause I think we don't discuss that a lot. You know, we talk about the problem and what the solutions are, but I really want the root the causation of the problem, because this is just too common. This story is just so common in so many of us. Yeah. I think that the, the, there's this kind of a social, um, uh, emotional contagion around certain cultures. Like for instance, if you are a professional ballet dancer is what I know, but someone else might know gymnastics or someone else might know, you know, uh, hockey or whatever it is. And there has been a a model of teaching and a model of learning that has been quite punishing and that that you and the sort of overarching message is you're never enough. You're never good enough. And that's what keeps you striving. I remember when I, I left home when I was 12 and I went to the Royal Ballet School, I got a scholarship. So I left my kind of family in middle england and came to london wow. really young yeah really have i've had a very different life i think to the one i would have had if i had stayed at home um and things kind of 
happened quite quickly for me. And when I was in the school, I, within like a month, we were auditioning to be in the Nutcracker that was on at the Opera House. And I auditioned and I was Clara in the Nutcracker. So I ended up being the kind of like central figure in this ballet. And I think mainly I got this part because I was so innocent. I didn't really have a clue what was going on. <laughs> and just was so kind of open and excited and all of that. But when I got told I was... Um, you know, doing the role, I just constantly, I, it began there of this constant putting myself down. Oh, you're not good mm. enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. So that then when I went on stage and I did a brilliant job, I would feel almost like I would feel the space between, which was like, oh, I was right, right down here and now I'm right up here. And I think we get addicted to this almost, this these highs mm. and lows and these highs and these lows. And even in yoga, there I say it, you know, I think you could, we can have these adrenal rushes where we're doing these extreme practices and finding ways to, to in yoga, there's one of the sutras, um, um, Sukham Asanas. So it's about, um, equal, um, steadiness, equal kind of push and pull, um, and yielding. And it's not about always kind of striving. And how find um, ease in effort, I guess, is really the essence of that. And I love that idea. Like, how can we find more ease in the effort? So absolutely, like, you can be the, you can kind of strive to, to do this wonderful thing and to be on this stage. Or, but how can you find this like middle path, this this practice of focus and and attention, but not not 150%. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. But for me, I've, yeah. you know, like, certainly for the first, I mean, I'm, you know, on my way to being 42. But, you know, for the first 35 years, I'd say, you know, like, through, oh, I wouldn't have known when I was a child, but I, as quickly as I knew, I was overdoing. And it takes a lot for me to be less. You know, it's only in the last, really, six years of, of and also since having children so I'm, my daughter's eight now since having her having to really practice surrender in such a different way yeah and that's why and I, think, I think it's uh oh go yeah. ahead no you go ahead you go ahead um it reminds me of just uh, my own experience and I you know and I'm not sure if everyone echoes the same experience but I was I was reflecting this morning that um, pretty much all the blessings that I have seen manifest, occur, be drawn into my life has not been due to me setting my eyes on a goal and forcing that goal. I mean, some of them, I, I certainly had a goal and I was very open to that goal and I took action towards that goal. But um most of the things was, it was almost just like an opening up, right? It's kind of like, uh, in, when I'm in yoga class and, you know, some yogis out there may relate to this, uh, when you feel so tight, it's not about forcing yourself to bend further. It's about releasing and letting go and kind of just allowing the process to happen. And then once your central nervous system feels safe enough to relax, it's just like, it's almost this immediate release where you just sink and all that tension and all that discomfort melts away. Mm. Yeah. 
there's a really I, I often think about these things that we talk about and then how to embody them because they are like, yes. before, like they're concepts and they're talked about so much but how do we embody them and I think a perfect example to what you just said is you know if the soles if you were lying on your back with the soles of your feet together and your knees open and you were just to lie there for a moment and just feel what's happening and where you've sensed the stretch and the opening but then if you were to put cushions underneath your thighs and let your legs fall into the cushions, then how does that feel? And for me, it's completely different. When the cushions are there, my body yeah. is open to resting into the support. So I've had to bring in support to lean into, um, mm. which is really, I think, kind of what we're talking about. And then if I'm just there and I'm holding myself, actually what's happening is there's shortening, there's contraction, there's tightening. Even though I think, I think that I'm, I'm pushing myself and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going yeah. deeper. I'm actually going deeper with the support. So I think that's so good. Yeah. Like, you know, being really smart about how we bring about and we use tools and we support each other. Mm-hmm. Women, we're very much meant to be in community, helping each other. And yeah, I think where things can feel really challenging for myself, I, I'm not, I don't really like being a sole player. Like the reason I set up a studio in London was to have a community of teachers that I could have conversations with about this stuff because I don't want to be just by myself, kind of in my own little echo chamber. Mm-hmm. I want to feel like I can grow with other people. Um yeah, lean lean into your people, lean into the support. I think, really I think that's really good because, you know, going back to the idea of that um, sort of addiction to, you know, doing a good job or, or getting the high after a hot yoga class. Um, I notice in my life when, when I try to do it all, my community tends to think she's good you know, she's got it. She's fine. And so there's this almost separation in my, in my own personal experience where, um, nobody's really aware. Nobody really has my back. Not that it's expected, but just that I'm on my own. And when I lean into the vulnerability of saying, I'm tired, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed. Um, here's what's going on. And, and it's okay if, I'm perceived as weak or uh, overcommitted or, you know, lack of foresight or any of the judgments that I might be afraid of for, to them or to myself, you know, disappointed myself because I can't show up the way that I want to show up, uh, you know, doesn't matter that uh, we, we got sick and I couldn't control that or, you know, like these, all these, uh, all these challenges arise. Um, you know, when you lean into opening up and just saying your truth what I find is like you say, we, the people rally for you. Not only do you receive that support, but if the fear is the judgment that you're not good enough and that would separate you, the truth is being vulnerable and honest actually, um, allows people to authentically see you and appreciate you for being vulnerable and honest. And when people help you, they actually like you more. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, they um, support each other. Right? Yeah. And it doesn't. Yeah. It's unrealistic, isn't it? To always be 
um, mm-hmm. to always be the same as well. You know, we are it's, everything is everything is is cyclical, and we are cyclical, particularly as women. You know, it's very. I think it's really important that we respect that and that we you saying to your community, you know, I'm tired now. I need a rest. I yeah. do that. I take like a week. I'll take up. I just had a week off. And, um, and I'll make a kind of point of saying, I need a, I need a break because, and then I, I usually get five emails from sweet students saying, thank you so much for, you know, for practicing what you preach, because I'm always telling mm. them to do less and to not push and to listen and so if yeah. I listen to myself, then what kind of, how am I able to kind of support other people? And and that's where it's important with kids as well. You know, we think that, I mean, I get completely lost in my children. I'm, I'm, I, I love them so much and I want them to be happy. And at the moment, you know, for instance, my five-year-old son, he's having a difficult time. He's just for one thing or another, you know, how they go, how they have these growing pains. There's quite a lot of noise, yeah. quite a lot of crying and, it's 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 challenging it's a moment but there's only so much he can kind of see there's only so much I can tell him and support him with but what's really important I'm noticing for me is to model behavior that is going to support him so how do I regulate my nervous system how do I how can I practice doing like little breathing exercises in front of him you know if he's if he's just had a major rage and things have sort of settled a bit, I'm not going to give him loads of attention now. I'm going to put my legs at the wall I'm gonna, <laughs> because I'm absolutely spent and I need a moment. <laughs> I think that's really cool if he then notices that too. And, yeah. you know, when, when you've been in an extremely um, intense m- moment in time, that there is something that you can do for your body to, to process that because it was hard yeah and it goes hand in hand with that you know that self-judgment or that it's I just think that we cling too much to being competitive Mm. and that's why we end up suffering alone and you know when you do think of things more as how do I love myself and trust my community and also be that you know trusting community member um, by showing up and as my authentic self, you know, whether it's authentically tired or authentically struggling with parenting my son right now, um, there is just a different world. Like you exit the world of fatigue and overwhelm and stress and suffering and, and, you know, physical discomfort in the body. And you enter this, this place of restoration and healing and love and like connecting with, with others and with yourself. It's just, and it's something that I think is very difficult to articulate how to, to let, let go of that ego and to shed that, like, it's okay to have goals and to be you if, if you're a, a motivated and, you know, a person that wants to do things, but then to back up that support, like you say, that, that balance between the push and pull. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely essential. And yeah, as you say, like goals, like why shouldn't we, especially as women, it's really important. We, you know, we're allowed to be ambitious too. It's okay. But I think when we start to judge ourselves for that, that's where it gets, 
it gets sneaky and the, the, the judgment really is mm-hmm. it's only impacting our system you know it, it really is I think most people are just worrying about themselves like you know when we feel like we have to be a certain way for other people that's that's mainly coming from well I mean, that is coming from our own experience so how do you hold that within yourself yeah it's it's a life's work (laughs) (laughs) it is um it's almost self-sabotaging in a way though you know um I'll share a, a small story that happened more recently that was very interesting when uh when I have company I tend to go overboard and really want to clean the house and make sure it's perfect. So, and the story I was telling myself is I care so much about people's experience that I want them to just be able to focus on having fun and not worry if, you know, there's dog hair on the couch or the floor is dirty. I, you know, I don't want them to feel any of that disturbance. Um, and it turned out that I was alienating some of my friends because they almost felt like they couldn't touch anything because everything looked so clean and perfect that it was, you know, and, uh, and I'm one of those weird people that have white furniture, white clothes. And, and so, uh, you know, in their minds, they were just trying very hard not to leave a fingerprint on anything. <laughs> and I was perpetuating the stress that I didn't want to cause, you know, unknowingly. Um, and so I think it's just funny how we do those sort of things to ourselves. Yeah. Um, without realizing it you know and being honest about like is this is this for them is it for me is it and if it's for you that's okay as well Mm. I think that's important to you that's part of your ritual and your care how you care for yourself how beautiful I need to be more you for sure (laughs) I need uh, (laughs) I could could do with a a good clean (laughs) too many books on shows (laughs) I find objects <laughs> challenging to throw hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it is, it is just me, but it's, I like how you say, you know, like love yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the way other people perceive or receive love either. You know? So um, I think that's important. We're always trying to project those things. And I think it, um, you know, I think the moral of the story that I received from yoga and what I, I really connected with in your book is that when you love yourself first, the the more important things really become clear. Mm-hmm. And um, all the other stuff either dissolves or resolve, resolves because, because you're in balance, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's not a... It's not a theory or a philosophy. Like this is, this is this is a very tangible thing that's measurable. It's um, incredibly tangible. Yeah, it's incredibly tangible. And all the stuff that is around kind of interoceptive awareness, you know, self massage, whether that's with your hands or with there's like little practices that you can do rolling on a ball. Um, but all that stuff is is so potent because it brings you into your kind of deep visceral experience of, of yourself which is very different to the sort of slideshow that's that's projecting our brain is sort of projecting in front mm-hmm. of one image to the next so coming more into the deep felt sense of our body 
it's different in there. It feels different in there. It's a different kind of interesting terrain. Yeah. And it's yeah, you can feel like you're going on a an, an adventure, and it's it's absolutely accessible to all. You know, there's so much of this practice that you can do sitting in a chair or lying in your bed, and you know, you don't have to be kind of standing in a fancy outfit you know on a yoga mat looking at the sea absolutely not yeah <laughs> <laughs> you just sit on a chair and... <laughs> so yeah I hope I hope that it does inspire people to to come into more of like that quiet reflective practice as well you know where they don't feel like they need to be told that they can read a little bit and then let let the words that touch them kind of be their own experience yeah it's beautiful and I think for anybody who hasn't tried yoga or is new to a practice, I mean, most of my followers know that I'm an advocate of yoga and um, self-massage, self-care, but I really, really like this book. Where can they find your book, um, you know, to just kind of dive in and get started? Thanks, MJ. Yeah, I think kind of all good foot shots <laughs> and, um, you know, just all the usual online places. Um and if you do yeah. buy it, if you do buy it online, it, I would massively appreciate a review. <laughs> that's my that's my request. If you feel bad about using, you know, the big dogs, the big online people, um, don't feel bad. You can just buy it from them and then leave me a review because it's really good for me to have that exposure. So I really appreciate that. Well, we will put those links in the show notes and video notes so that people can find you and access this amazing information. It's just, uh, it's, it was so cool. I mean, it's, you guys have to check out the book because it is, it's something different and you feel that, that warmth, that hug, you know, the book is like a little hug anytime you need, um, just that space to process or to, you know, if you don't know where to start, it's just, it's just your companion really. So um, it's just been a wonderful conversation to dive into this on a deeper front. Like it's, uh, it's so cool to take different differing perspectives, um, and different practices and experiences and find a way to communicate how we can better love ourselves so that we can carry on and love others and live our lives freely. So I appreciate your time, Naomi. And, uh, it just, yeah, I'm honored to have you here. Oh, I absolutely loved meeting you face to face like this. I mean, in the way, in the way that we do now. <laughs> and I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you.